Wait, was he in the faint? Oh, yeah. yes, he was. They kicked him out for being a brat. <laughs> I know, I'm like, really? a weird amount about Connor Ober. This is why this is going to be. That was good. I'm, yeah. I'm, like, on the wiki now. I'm like, oh, wait, what was that other band he was yeah. in? And I'm reading it, there like, Bright Eyes? being sad this is about like <laughs> something that happened when you were like a teen like like half your life ago like you discovered a thing that you followed for the second half of your life yes so it's important it's not a sad thing it's, it's a, a good thing. thing no i'm just referencing a sad thing because she was like i like sad indie rock music oh my god sad which indie is, rock music is the best which is great I love it. And it's amazing that, you know, she, the first concert she ever went to ended up being something that stuck with her her oh. entire life, which. So lucky. She's so lucky because he grew with her, like the Harry Potter books. So we're talking about Connor Oberst and Martha Gerges and their travel through life together. <laughs> Aww. She's a lucky one. She is. And here's our, here's our chat with Martha. Yes. Yeah, I would. That's my New Year's resolution. Go to, to, go to my shows. shows. Yeah, that's like my that's one a, and only resolution. But that's a really good resolution to have because it's something that you will want to keep doing throughout the year. It's not like I'm gonna yeah, go right. to the gym every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Fuck that. After like two weeks, you're like, I'm good. Yeah. But shows, you're just gonna want to keep doing that because yeah. it's fun. My resolution is to be best. more irresponsible and like go to shows on weeknights. But how is that irresponsible? Because it, it it makes is. your soul happy. Well, yes, it's not irresponsible. But then, like I'm, like I'm old now. I used to be able to go to shows like Wednesday night, get home at three a.m., like be fine for my eight a.m. meeting. It's a little, it's a little harder now. You're not old. You're like a little spring chicken. Yeah, you're fine. My Uber you driver to get, today you said know I look 22. Love that man. Yeah, I Woman. know. Either it was, one. It was a perfect ride. He didn't say anything to me except to say that I look 22. That, well, you do. You look great. I mean, I don't. So I was like, you're a good Uber driver. You get a tip. <laughs> you get a tip. <laughs> and you get a tip and you don't get a tip. Not you. And you get a tip and you get a tip and you get a tip too. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, but I think that's a really good, it's a really good resolution to have. But what does that entail is it just any shows or is it like no not are you any gonna shows. pick a wednesday and you're gonna be like i'm just gonna go to this venue and see what happens or you know i would i would like to do that but right now i'm starting with shows that i want to go because i've been through like a pattern the last few years with like wanting to go to the shows and like just like uh not going like i might be tired or whatever like at least the shows that i want to go like when bands are in town that i love like that's stupid if i don't go see them and then Agreed. we'll build up to, like, the random, like, Wednesday going into Mercury Lounge and be like, oh, who, what local band is in here? Who's playing the late show today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have done before. Like, if you're, like, out in, you know, East Village or something, you're like, let's just see who's playing. And I've seen, like, really great random bands. Like, Some not you so remember, great. Right. <laughs> do you remember anyone that, not even, like, name-wise, but do you remember one in particular that you did randomly stumble yeah. upon? There was one that was... There were, like, probably, like, 12 people in there, and it was very intimate, and everyone was, like, sitting on the floor, like, almost right right by the... Like, it was 
it was a very strange show, but it was really cool to just, like, randomly walk into because it was just drinking at the bar. That one was very memorable, and the yeah. music was very pretty. So what but is your kind remember. of, what's your preferred, if you're talking about, like, seeing bands that you, like, want to see, what what are those bands? Um, probably, like, sad indie rock <laughs> would be my go-to genre. Um I'm a lyric person, so okay. Like, makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Bor- like boring shows where people just stand around are kind of my forte. Um, <laughs> with like most people are like, why would you go to indie rock shows? But like, I don't know. It's very powerful to actually see it live and experience it. And I don't know. I still love going to like an energetic show and like being in a pit or something like that. Like I loved. When you took me, what was that venue we went to at the record store? Oh, Rough Trade. Rough Trade. And, um, like, I love, like, experiencing metal shows or anything like that. But, no, that was a really fun night. But I think the cool thing about that, about you going to that show and also liking it was you, I remember you saying to me, like, yeah, I haven't really gone to shows like this since I was younger and when I was in high school. I really liked it, but I haven't done it in a while. But yeah, yeah, I'll go with you. Like, why not? And then you went, and we had so much fun. So much fun. And you were into it, and it was just, like, a crazy, weird night. And it's a really good venue, too, which is what I think I like the most about it. We went back. No, we went to, because I took you to Every Time I Die, too. Yes, you did. So I initiated her twice in one year. Yeah. With Yeah. Um, So it was was really fun. But I want to go back to the venue. You guys have a show you want to go to there. Okay. Yeah. At the boy, at Music Hall? Oh, Rough Trade, yeah. yeah. I haven't been back there in a while either. That's a really great spot. We went a couple months ago. Elvis Perkins, the 10th anniversary of one of his records, and we he played the whole thing. He had as many of the musicians that recorded it with him as possible, and he like, I don't know how serious this was, but he brought out a guitar and was like, this is the guitar I used in the sessions for it, and play. it was crazy. Nice. That's a, we were yeah. at the top sitting like toward the back where the booth is. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the, the thing... Oh, you were in the top. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's nice up there. <laughs> I don't think that... I think the only time I went up top was when I went there because they had... It was the Empire Records 20th anniversary party. And so they had the entire record store was set up like a, the movie. So they had like the head shaving station and then they had the mm. the Rex Manning... But were a music video where you had the fan blowing in your hair, and then they had like a handmade sign that said Empire Records, and it was made out of lights, and it was really fun. And then they played the movie in the venue, and then like Guar came out and played. So like at the point in the movie where Guar comes, like Guar actually came out and played a set, and it was it was really really fun. But that was the only time I was upstairs wandering around. The only the other times I just kind of maintained my status on the lower level <laughs> but um you can't so, silence fandom what's that you can't silence fandom that's just not fair no you can't this. you can't just say you can't tell somebody just stop talking about something they love you need to encourage it or at least accept it period right like i, I have taken it to crazy levels in college like, well, i have some examples please share there are examples um in college there was um like took a visual arts class and you were supposed to create like um like an artistic representation of something so um using mixed media so i decided to take 
10 Bright Eyes albums and recreate them with, like, cover. Like, I took the covers and, like, recreated them in, like, my own envisionment. And, like, it, it was insane. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Why is that crazy? That's... I, I don't know. It was, like, it, when you look at it, you're, like... I may have taken like my fandom to a higher no, level. No, that's cool. It no, wasn't no, no. like let me make a, sh- a fucking shrine, shrine to, to crown her over with like, candles under like it. That. When it. When it was done, it like a little bit looked like a shrine. But no, you know what? But what how I interpret that is like you really like the albums, and you were putting what, how you felt when you listened to them and your interpretation of them on paper. That's exactly that's, what it was. That's what I got from that. Not created like I was. There was a time in my life where I was. It obsessed with Incubus, like when I was in high school till, I guess, college. So like they came out with Science, and I was like, "This is the greatest album ever," you know. And I still think it's an amazing album. And then they did that. Their ones after that were great, but my, my I bought every magazine they were in. I read every article that they were mentioned in. I just I wanted to know everything about them. And so I get it. Yeah. And I don't think it's weird. It's like it touched you in some way and you felt the need to express that. So that's never weird or wrong or anything. I'll take it. I like that better than crazy fangirl. That's better. <laughs> yeah. No, but they're, they live in her heart and forever. Yeah. This is Whatever. Like, we're, this is like a Saddle Creek song. Yeah. yeah but we're, no, we're, we're writing one. I mean, like yeah. I can definitely be emo enough when appropriate. But I guess that, you know, that gets us back to <laughs> your love of sad indie music. Yes. <laughs> and we've lot. touched on, like, that Bright Eyes is one of those bands that you yeah. enjoy. Well, it's one of Connor's projects. It is. Yes. I would say it's his main project. Like, it, he's Bright Eyes is no longer. Um, oh, they're not? No, no. They ended. Oh, that's sad. I don't. It is sad, but to be honest, I actually think that it was time because, in terms of like what Bright Eyes is and what Connor well, Oberst is, can we back up just like one second and kind of like talk about what the the band itself? Yeah, that's what we were getting to. She was gonna oh, say okay that they're what they are and oh, okay yeah yeah. So like the band, <laughs> I think she's getting there. <laughs> well, I was I don't know a lot about them, so sorry. I'm like, tell me things, tell me everything. No, that that's a good question. I think it's sort of like when you in like high school or college are like so drawn to something and then like as you grow up, you're like, that's not really me anymore. Okay. Like my guess is with like Connor Oberst's music is he developed this band when he was super young and it maybe has like somewhat of a cult following of like, you know, other non-fangirl fangirls such as myself. Um, I, there's like a lot of like internet chatter, let's say. Um, but it's very, some of the music is very sad, very emo, but it's, I mean, it's beautiful. And, you know, especially if you are like, when you're young, I think, and you hear that, like, it just like opens your mind and your heart. And like, you're like, yes, like someone actually gets it. And I think, you know, obviously I'm not still a 16 year old emo girl. Like I've grown up and like, you know, a lot of it sometimes I can't listen to because it like is pretty sad. Um, and I think I can only imagine for Connor Oberst as a person, as you get older, you don't always want to be tied back to those songs you want to do, you know, what is relevant to you, what's new and kind of, you know, if you're feeling happier, if you want to do more introspective work, that's less 
about, you know, your own experiences and more, like, social commentary. So I think it was a good move for him, ultimately, to go off and do, like, solo artist Connor Oberst work that differentiates from Bright Eyes because they're they're very different. Like, I'm wearing a Connor Oberst shirt, and, like, I love his solo music. And I think it's weird because as I get older, I don't... Like, I love... Bright Eyes is still my favorite band. It's It's my favorite band, but as I get older, I less want to listen to Bright Eyes and more enjoy his solo music because I've also grown up as a person and I don't, you know, have necessarily the same strong emotions that I once did. Like, it's a little diluted. And I think the new work is very thoughtful. It's very beautiful. And it just, it makes sense that it would be a representation of who he is now versus who he was. Uh, that's how I feel about Matt Pryor. <laughs> we, I was actually about to look at you and be like, so we had a very similar conversation the other day about a so certain about human. So tell me about that, because I don't know a lot about Matt Pryor. Matt, um, so... just... Well, Matt Pryor's great. best. But, yes. so... I don't know if I'm as well-versed in Matt Pryor, like, in an encyclopedic way, about, like, all his work and everything. I can only talk about, like, what I've seen him do. And mm-hmm. so... I think I started listening to him during maybe uh, something to write home about Get Up Kids record, which is another sad emo classic. Yes, I, I um, did listen to them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Me you too. did. Yeah, yeah. Me too. they're in the they're in the exactly. ether of that universe. <laughs> but um, but that's how I that's how I feel about him. So I listened to that, and then he started doing um his side project, the new Amsterdam's, which Mm -hmm. took like a more country route. And then later on, he ended up doing a solo project, which was more, I don't, I don't know. like his whole like singer songwriter kind of angle. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not like not good at explaining it, but I see him perform now and it always makes me angry because people ask for old get up kids songs when he's Mm -hmm. playing by himself. And I'm like, how like how does that feel? Like you you wrote those songs like over twenty years ago at a certain like what you're saying yeah. like at a certain stage of your life, and people come to see you now with you've had over ten records of yeah. solo material like including the New Amsterdam's and your own work right mm-hmm. that anyone can pull from, but they still ask for Get Up Kids songs that he doesn't even sing. Yeah, so that's what so like, I remember. Play Campfire Kansas, and he's like, I don't do that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I remember, here? <laughs> I remember being actually, we were talking about Maxwell's earlier. I remember being at, at Maxwell's with you, seeing him. It was James Dewey and him Ugh. were doing, um, they did their own solo stuff and then they did uh, set together. Do you remember that? We, I remember seeing that at the North Star in Philadelphia. Maybe it was the North Star it in was Philadelphia the North Star. and not Maxwell's. It was the Fava Beans show. Fava Beans. Yeah. Was that? Yes. And I remember you saying that exact line to me. You're like, oh, like, why are people still asking for stuff? Like, he doesn't even do that thing. Like, you were, and that was seven years ago. The time that I went. they still do that. Yeah. The time that I took the bus overnight to go to Pittsburgh to see him was because I went to see him at the studio at Webster Hall. And there was some drunk lady doing that the whole show. And I was like, I'm not going to let her ruin this. And I talked yeah. to Emily, who we recorded for the Coheed one. She's the first one we did. And she's in Pittsburgh. And I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And she's like, oh, nothing. I was like, you want to you go see Matt Pryor? <laughs> I'll go take a bus right now. We'll go hang out. And then I'll take the bus back the next day. And that's what I did. And I was like, I'm just going to enjoy this it. Is... I'm going to go all the way out there and cleanse the palate yeah. from the event yes. that just happened. And that's like that's classic awesome. hops right there. I love like, that. Like, nobody's going to rain on your fucking parade. 
And if they do, you're going to take that shit back and then go of your own parade. Yeah, I'm going to. That parade is rain or shine. (laughs) It might be rescheduled, but it's going to (laughs) happen. I love that. But that's what makes you great. For for but but I remember having this conversation with you at a show when people were doing and like asking and to me, like I love Matt Pryor. I I I love the Get Up Kids. I I really like the new Amsterdam's. I don't know as much of his new work, so I felt as though when she said that I was like, but I kind of want to hear some Get Up Kids songs because yeah. because I missed that boat. I I listened to them yet again after they were already not even a band anymore. So mm-hmm. to me, I was like. Well, he's up there, and I would just like to hear him play something that I know. But like, and but that's that's a selfish. It's an interesting want. debate. Like, that's a band. That's not right. him. Yeah, right. like, he has his yes. own work. Like the first two or three New Am's records are him. Right. And the later ones are him. He had like a stand-up bass and a drummer. He had like a small band, and then the the stuff that's just him. I want to say he has a full band on too. I don't know how if he does a lot of that and he mm-hmm. just records them. I don't know how that works. You know. That's very interesting because I think that, so the same thing definitely happens at Connor shows because I've seen him, I don't know, probably like eight to 10 times at this point. I don't know how many, but you'll go to a Connor Ober show, like just his solo work and people will call out Bright Eyes song names. And he does sometimes play like one or two. I think it's like a crowd pleaser. And like, of course, like everyone loves it. And you, I mean, you want to hear it, but at the same time, like, that's not what he's here for. And I actually appreciate that. Like, no, he like plays his album. Um, but it's a very interesting distinction because a lot of Bright Eyes is just Connor Oberst with a rotating band. Um, I think Nate Walcott and Mike Mogus are like two standing people who were on like almost all the Bright Eyes records. But other than that, he kind of, you know, when he tours or records, like he'll bring in his friends or other people or other like amazing artists. So I think there's less of a distinction of if it's, you know, it's like really his work. So people don't see like mm. the line, like they don't understand like yeah. what's Bright Eyes and what's Connor. It's like it really is like him, but it's a totally different style. And he's done other like solo projects that are like completely different. And it's it's cool to like kind of have those different like pockets of bands like Desperacitos is his like like punk anarchist like version of That's, his music. That first record they did is a really sad record. Which one? <laughs> the first Desaparecido. Oh yeah, record. I love it. <laughs> Mars is like, "That's my yeah, jam." No. I, I love That's the really thing. sad shit too. And like when I first heard that, I was like, "This is getting." It's not sad. It's dark. Like I mean, it gets it's dark, dark, but it's like actually really upbeat. Like yeah. the music itself. <laughs> How would you differentiate Connor's projects? Yeah. Um. Well, Bright Eyes, I think, is very. I mean, it's lyrically driven, and in the composition itself, like, it has layers, like, there's insane production to the work. Mm. Um, It also has very simple chords, so, like, Bright Eyes in itself is, like, very sweet, simple music that is, like, designed beautifully. Like, it's very intricate. Like, I would have, like, almost, like, gorgeous lace, if you, like, it's, like, a story. It's very beautiful. So, like, that's... That's Bright Eyes to me. Obviously, I think if you were to speak to someone like a like a music expert, they would give you a very different answer, but that's my interpretation. Um, he's got Mystic Valley Band, which is um, like more of like a jam band, like him mm. and his friends just kind of like 
riffing and like it almost has like a country tone to it like they just rock out they actually did like a like mini documentary about it and it was cool like they were just hanging out a house and like jamming and they're like let's just record this shit like it was great like it's really fun like not as produced like just more like you know let's just have like an amazing time write like really cool songs um and then there's monsters of folk which he's done which was like him and god i don't remember all the members but they're like really great people like like Jim James, like M. Ward. There was one other person in it. God, I hate that I don't remember. Um, but that's like very like beautiful kind of collaboration, if you will. Like everyone kind of wrote on each other's songs. They all sang together. It was very thoughtful. Um, Despercitos, like I said, is like, you know, kind of like, like back at the man, kind of like punk music. And then his solo stuff is, in my opinion, like, a lot more um, of a commentary about, like, society and the way things work and um, less about him and his experiences and more of, like, a commentary about, um, you know, life, if you will. Um, yes, there are certain aspects that, you know, you'll you'll kind of, like, draw on an experience that was either him or someone else, but like storytelling. Um, but it's, it is more storytelling than new stuff, I would say. Um, so yeah, that's, that's us. That's his, <laughs> that's his project. Catalog. Um, do you think that oh, there's I like a, somehow. Oh, okay. Well, like, <laughs> um, there's like commander Venus, which is his first band from when he was like 15. Um, and it's like, super and it's actually really good music for like imagining like a 13 year old or 15 year old like in their bedroom like recording music um but it's like a little wine it's like exactly what you expect from like a young kid trying to figure out music like recording on a four track in his bedroom kind of a thing and that flows into early bright eyes um and he was in the faint and then they I think they kicked him out because he was being like a little bit of like a snotty brat and they were like <laughs> no like this is like not how we do it. And then he was like, fine, I'm just going to do my own thing. Go back to your four tracks, Connor. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I, I do love, I love the four tracks and like the early music. It's, it's funny actually when I like am back home, I have a CD case of like all my old music and like old bright eyes and stuff. And every time like I get in the car and my mom's next to me, she was like, she, she like knows all his songs now. Cause I listen to him all the time, which is like, my mom doesn't listen to any music. She's like a bit of a weirdo. Um, but like, she can tell, like, he's like, Oh, he's like really young. And she'd always be like, Oh, he's crying. Like my mom would make fun of Connor all the time. And like, what are these lyrics? And it, we'd have very interesting conversations about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> but do you, like, so I guess the, the common thread in his music from an early age to now is, because you said at the beginning when we first started talking, you were like, I'm a lyric person. And I think we talked about this in an episode previously where we were like, there's probably more than one music listener, but a big distinction is like, are you a lyrical person or are you like a, what was the word we used? Like, Music, like, like a melodies the, the or lyrics, melody, yeah, tone yeah. type of a person. Yep. So you said that you're a lyric type so. of person. So is that like something that carries through all of his projects, where his lyrics are just something that you're drawn to and that you love and you relate Definitely. to on some level? Yeah. You. I mean, honestly, before you even brought it there, and you're like, "What is the common thread?" Absolutely, it's the lyrics. And I think some people are naturally gifted at this. I think Connor is just a 
beautiful songwriter. And um, he is able to do something that many people cannot do. It's just like capture an emotion and um, like, love it. yeah, he does it. <laughs> and like, he's just talented at it. And like, you'll listen to interviews of him. Like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I can write a song really quickly. Like he just captures it. Like if he were not a singer, like if he couldn't sing, like he would be an amazing poet. If you just read his lyrics, they are beautiful and sincere and sweet and honest. I think the honesty is like what carries through in every single thing he's ever written honestly it's so beautiful and if you just listen to the words they're they can capture your emotions so much better than you can describe like if you're feeling sad and you don't know why like it's very hard to put into words Connor is someone who can pick up on those nuances and explain the the situation and it's beautiful like a lot of it is in the details and I think when I saw Connor for the first time, like, it just shocked. Like, it was amazing. Like, I never fallen in love with music like that before. But when was that? So that is, like, the, that's what I had in mind to talk about today. And it was actually, it was a lit, I was a bit of a late bloomer in terms of going to concerts. So, um, and my mom was super overprotective. So, like, to go to a concert was kind of a big deal for me as a kid. Um, so I had to, like... Like, for a week, I was like, I have to go to this concert, Mom. I have to. Like, it's so sad. I'm very happy I don't have to do this now. Even though, like, she'll still, like, yell at me for going to concerts. She thinks I waste all my money on concerts and records. You're but supporting art. There's no I waste am. in that. But but it, it's it's different people's perceptions, and that's is what yeah. it is. Like, you know? she'll never understand, because I love going to concerts. I love music festivals. Like, I just love anything with live music honestly even if I don't know the band like if it's just a random friend being like let's just go see this person and it's not even the type of music I listen to the feeling you get when you see live music is incredible so at this point I honestly didn't even know that yet like I'd I don't know that I'd been to like a real concert before this Bright Eyes show like so like I begged my mom I went I went with um actually like two of my best friends who are still best friends with me like to this day like we grew up together, like, hanging out when we were, you know, 10 years old. And it was my friend who introduced me to Bright Eyes and her sister. And um, I was 16. This was back in 2005. So this was, like, the first concert, basically, that I'd been to, like, pick out, like, the outfit. And we're, like, kind of, like, total emo girls. What did you wear? I So I don't... <laughs> So that's going to be, like, the faulty part of the story. It was so long ago, I don't really remember. Um, that said, I do remember there was one photo before the concert. Like, we went out and, like, my friend's mom took it. And I think my outfit was, like, kind of tragic. Like, it wasn't. Like, it was jeans <laughs> and, like, one of those, like, like, like camisoles that had like lace at the bottom that were like super in trend for a while with like a cropped jacket that I thought was really cool and like my hair was like side you know like like one of these like covering half my face situation so it was you know I thought I looked great like well at the time you did and you still look great now so do you have that picture I can look for it. If you do, can we put it up with the article for this? Yeah, I will. Yes, I will look. um, That'd be amazing. Remember, like I honestly don't remember if this was like pre-picture time or post. Like I, there's a chance I have like like real photographs I took from this concert because we so take a picture of a picture. 
Yeah, I will. I will have to look. Um, but we were like crazy and like went like really early. And you know, like um, the bar at concerts. We got there. The bar in front of the stage. Yeah, like in front of the stage, like as okay. close as you can possibly. So like be. the barricade. Yeah. At the yes. Exactly. So we got there like hours and hours before like there was a line, and we were like. I don't know, probably like number 10 in line. Like we were like super Good early. Good for you. Yeah. Where was this? This was in Tempe, Arizona at the Marquee Theater. Um, and this was the, this was the Bright Eyes tour when, in 2005, when he just released um, two albums at once. It mm. was I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning and um, Digital Ash and a Digital Urn. Um, and at that time, like I, I knew Connor and I had been listening to him, but I didn't, like, I didn't know the love that I would eventually have for him. There were two shows in a row. They were um, June 8th and 9th, and I don't remember which one that I was actually at. I wish I had been at both. Like, if I had known that, I don't know. I assume it was the 9th because I think if I had had the experience that I had at the 8th, I would have tried to, like, go back and go back for the second one. But it was really cool. So we got there extremely early, and I'm, like, jazz, like live music is happening, I'm with my best friends, and, um, yeah, we, like, rush in at the bar, like, <laughs> I love it, it's, I, I don't love know, it. it's, no, it's, it's like, perfect, cheesy, though. it's very no, cheesy, it's, not. it's perfect, and it's what, you know, perfect, keep going, I'm not, I don't know, I think when you're, I don't think I'll ever have the passion that I once had when I was, like, young, and when I was 16, I thought, like, everything was so meaningful, like, your first love, and, like, everything is just, like, so dramatic like so dramatic because you're experiencing it for that first time you know and it it's that knowing what you want from it and knowing what you're getting from it and having that all happen at the same time and then it you don't know how to process and and then when you realize it you're just like okay I want that again and then you keep searching for it right yeah I and I don't know that like I will feel as deeply as I ever did when I was you know a teenager but at that time you're like this is the most important thing in my life like this is make or break it so it was huge it was like a big deal and I wish I like wish that I still felt that way like it, when I do anything because the the ability to <laughs> feel like that happen. one day one, one day. day I mean I still I I mean honestly if you go with me to a Connor show like I mean there was one like last summer I went to but like I'll be grinning from year to year. Like, I still, like, feel the feels. But we'll be there. <laughs> you got to feel the feels. Yeah, we'll yeah. be there. Th- we'll go. Yeah. We want to see this. Yeah. Martha feels. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, well, Martha's yeah. got a bunch of shows with you. Yeah. You know, we got to go to, we gotta go to a Martha, Martha event. Show. Yeah. Right. Hey, welcome to the Sad Emo Club. Oh. Hey. I mean, yeah. we're... Oh, we got to you know. I'm there. in. I'm yeah. in. We're get her in. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm right. in. Okay. <laughs> She's in. I'm... Yeah. And you would think out of... So, side note... Sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. No, no. Side note, you would think that I would be in more than oh my you God, would be. I and I know trip. that, and I know that you do. But I think, but like, to me, you're just you're just so tough in yeah. a good way. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I have a melty center. <laughs> oh, you're like molten. You're like molten chocolate cake. <gasps> yeah, that's what you are. Probably the best dessert in the right? world. Like, who does not love? You're the love? best dessert. Yes, I'm you the are the best you are dessert. The best dessert. <laughs> that is so true. Okay, I'm sorry. I meant sorry to like totally deviate from your story. No, that but was yes. an important deviation. Yes, that, that was, was a good we one. We had to cover that. <laughs> okay, so we're back to Tempe, Arizona. 
2005? 2005. Connor Obers, get into the front barricade, waiting in line, 10th person. Okay, continue. Um, So, again, details are very fuzzy because it was so long ago, and I wish I remembered more, but I do remember, like, being at the show. And first off, it started off with The Faint, and um, I think it was when they had released Wet from Birth, and it's, like, I mean, they're, like, electronic dance, but, like, still, like, indie kids. Like, it's so cool. That was a weird time where, like, that indie dance music was, like, a really big deal. Yeah, it was indie dance in its best form. And I actually still love The Faint. I've been able to see them, like, a couple times since the show. And they're so much fun. So, like, you cannot not have a good time at a Faint show. Like You boogie. Yeah, you boogie, and, like, it's the same, like, this was back, and, like, I'm sure this still happens, but, like, thrashing, like, thrashing was huge at Fade shows, Um, but we were, like, up front, so you're, like, not really in the the pit, if you will, but it was, like, you know when you go to a show and you leave, like, you're sweating? Yes. So, like, it was one of those, like, you just, like, dance your heart out, it's so cool, so much fun, so, like, that happened first, like, the Fade opened, and you have, like, an amazing crazy experience you're on such a high and then it went to bright eyes and it was like a completely different vibe and you still have the same high but like in almost like the opposite way like it was just so like insane to be there like right up front like especially for like a first concert experience yeah I just like didn't understand what live music was I think until I went to the show and it's like this is amazing like you hear an album like you can hear like a cd or a tape or you know whatever the radio and you're like yeah you know like i'm connecting with the music but like being right there like at the show like seeing someone perform it like to this day i do not know how to describe it like i love vinyl and i think that's like you know getting a little bit closer than a digital experience but nothing to me will ever sound as good as live music like i love like you know, all, like, the nuances of, like, the sound going off slightly and just, like, I'm probably a little deaf at this point with, like, how close I would always stand to the <laughs> yeah. speakers. we can relate. This bitch yeah. bought me ear earplugs. Still haven't used them. So I but she bought them for me just in I case I need earplugs, and I can't. So you. this is horrible. I, I know I should wear them at concerts, but I can't because I love the loud. Like, I love yeah. all the sound. And then the buzzing that happens after yeah. that you're like, <laughs> I remember. Like, it's like a little, like, yeah. like everything's, like, kind of cloudy. Very unhealthy, yeah. but I love it. Like, yes. that's, I you totally leave and you're like, it. I can't yeah. hear you. I can, yeah. Like, that's all you hear. So it was, it was one of those. But it's very hard to describe, like, what actually happened um, at the show. But it was a cool mix because those two albums that he released at the same time, mm-hmm. it was... It was kind of like a very interesting move as an artist to release two albums at once. Like normally you would stagger things, but they had completely different sounds. So Digital Ash and a Digital Urn is more of like electronic, very like highly produced, really cool sounding music. Like, I mean, it's one of my favorite albums to this day. Is it um, Connor's revenge record for being kicked out of the faint? (laughs) It might be. It might be. I'd say both of these could be in terms of like, yeah, I'm a badass. Because you release that. And the counterpart to it is I'm wide awake. It's morning. And that is like. I've listened to that one. I haven't listened to the digital one. And when when, um, when LT told me that you were doing this, I looked it up. I had no idea that that was even released at the same 
<laughs> you should. I mean, I highly recommend listening to it. It's very beautiful music still. Yeah. Lyrically, it's still great, but mm-hmm. it's completely different from I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning is very, like, poetic, lyrically driven. Like, you know, simple chords, like, very sweet, like, you know, not not all the songs, but in general, like, it's very sing-a-song or sing sing what is that? Songwriter? Singer songwriter? Singer songwriter. There you go. Um, But it's, it was like a very cool balance between the two. Yeah. Um, So I like that it was sort of a dual show where you got both aspects of Bright Eyes, which I think in itself as a band, I like that it's a continuous progression of, um, you know, what he was in like the early 90s. Like I've got like the box set of like, you know, fevers and mirrors and like all of his old stuff that is just like so like young and pure, if you will, to yeah. like as he gets older and it slightly gets more refined. Um, but yeah, so it was a mix of those and it was just really cool. And one thing that Connor does that I remember from that show that I remember like it happens to this day whenever he's playing live music, he will always change his lyrics. And, um, and some artists do this, but I notice it especially with him. Like, it's a really unique experience because you're all like, what like what lyrics are you going to say? Because he changes it very often on a lot of songs. And I remember being at that show being like, I know the lyrics. That's not the, that's not what he says. So like, I went back and listened and it's like, no, it's different. So he does that all the time. And it's, I don't know. My feeling of going to that show was just like a full heart. Like you can, like you're going to burst. Like you can only feel so much. And I burst. Get what? Overst. Overst. Yes, Get you're it. going to Overst. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I love that. I had to say it. It was perfect. I like that you were even cheapish about it too. You're just like, Overst. <laughs> you're going to Overst. You're going, you're going to, to Overst. Overst. I'm so full of love. I'm going to yeah. Overst. Yeah. That New is, phrase of that the year. Is, someone has probably, I don't know if that's, someone's come up with that, but you should coin it because that is gold. Done. Patent. Yeah. I'm going to Oberst. Too too many emotions. I'm going to Oberst. Um, So that that perfectly describes how I felt at that show. And got it. Honestly, from going to that show, like I, I think you could clearly say that's the time that I fell in love with live music. And I think it's very interesting. It was my first concert, and to this day, as an almost thirty year old adult woman, like Bright Eyes is still my favorite band. Like Connor Oberst, like has like really been there through like most of like my milestones of life if you will and I think it all happened at that night like going to that concert I liked Connor before I went to the concert like I knew the songs all that stuff but I didn't I did not have like a strong connection the way I do now and I think that show like really kind of fundamentally changed the core of who I am in terms of concerts like I started going after that show to like tons of local shows and like more concerts and it just opened my eyes if you will to like this whole world of live music and like how it can you know make you feel the connections you make I made you know wonderful friends from meeting people at concerts and it I think you could say like it shaped who I became like as a person and I 
it's probably giving a little too much credit to that show because it would have happened eventually, but I almost wonder if I'd gone to a different concert as my first concert. Like, if that'd be the person I was in love with. Like, you know, like, you like your first love, you're hung up on. I think you could say, like, I'm a little bit hung up on my first live music love. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... and. That's amazing. And and it, it, who knows if it's because it was your first one or whatever, but I think, like, the thing that was really interesting about the story you were just telling is the fact that he, you were mentioning how he changed the lyrics. Like, when it, so when you see him, it's like you're going and you think... It's, it's back to you never know what you're going to get from a live show, right? So, like, you're going to yeah. see him and he changed those lyrics and it, you remember that. So you were like, oh, there's some things that are fuzzy about it, but I do remember that he changed something. But yeah. the fact that he changed it wasn't a negative, it was a positive. And it was Definitely. something that you're like, oh, yeah, like that. and he changed it, and then I had to go back and listen to it. And what did he say at the show? Who knows? Maybe he tailors it to every city he's in, or the what he's feeling that day, or... He talked to somebody and they were feeling this way. So he's just going to change the lyric to talk to that person that's in the crowd that you don't even yeah. know about. And that's what's so cool about it. Live music in general. Yeah. Just like the ability to be on the fly. Be like, well, I'm not going to. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to sing this song. But I'm going to say this now. Is there yeah. like a big bootleg community for him? Um, yeah. So I have a lot of bootleg live songs. And it's cool because I love them. They're actually like some of my favorites in my collection. And I, I hated because I had a hard drive that crashed and I was so worried I lost all these, but I ended up like finding that I had Yay! a backup. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was a very big deal. <laughs> Backups are important. Yeah. Ba- back Another up your music. Yes. Back up your files. <laughs> um, but it was cool because on those live tracks and they're very minor changes. Like if you're not like a crazy fan who knows all the words, like you would never notice. He's not like changing sections of songs, but my guess is it's like he's either feeling some way on a certain day or like it's almost like the drafting process of like songwriting. Like, you know, whatever the finished product is probably changes quite a bit from when you first write the song mm-hmm. and it actually gets produced at a studio. And it's cool kind of hearing these like words that like could totally work in the song, but were swapped in for something else in the produced album version. And, you know, I still like that to this day. Like if I go to a Connor show, I'm like, I bet he's going to change the lyric. And I like that. I like think that I can pick up on it. Like, Do you it, remember any of them? I mean, no, he'll like change like small things. Like if he said like green eyes, maybe he'll say brown eyes or something in a song. Like he'll just, it's like very oh. small words here and there. Um, or like just like the ends of lyrics where, you know, it's, they're not big swaps. It's almost like, do you remember your song like a little bit? Like you just like <laughs> switched out a word, but it's it's really cool. And his stage presence is amazing because like he like he's not like the look of like a rock star. Like he'll come out wearing like t-shirt, jeans, hoodie, whatever, and he'll be so sweet and so humble and like thankful for the crowd. And like you can tell like he's as a person, like, probably, like, a very, like, genuine, sweet, like, cool person, and I, like, I don't know, it's got to be, like, a strange situation for a lot of artists having all that attention, and I think, like, Connor, along with many other artists, like, you almost, I would imagine it'd be very hard to process that many people, like, talking about you, and I think with, like, you know, around the 2005 time, that's when everyone is being, like, he's the next Bob Dylan, and, like, there's so much pressure, yeah. and there's so much, like, 
is this for the fans or is this for like, you know, music reviewers and Pitchfork? And I think he was always like a fan guy. Like it wasn't about, you know, money or the next record label or anything. It was just like, yeah, I've got my label. It's with my friends with like, you know, basically all these guys that who are like hanging out in their parents' basements making cool music. And what I really like about Saddle Creek is like when you, you know, if you like see their story and kind of like watch the documentary, it's total grassroots. Like it was just a bunch of friends being like, yeah, let's just make some music. And they just started, you know, super young, like going into basements, buying like cheap recording material, booking like random gigs in Omaha, Nebraska, and like starting this really small thing. Like, if you think about like the podcast you guys are doing right now, like you're like, oh yeah, we're just like getting together doing a podcast and like seeing it blossom into, yeah. Yes. (laughs) But this is like the really cool thing when you just have a passion and you just get together and you do it. And I feel like a lot of what's really special about Saddle Creek bands, especially in the early years is they were like, yeah, let's just, you know, let's just like make a, like a scene. Let's just hang out. We'll record music. And it turned into like, a really huge record label like they have like I mean like right now like Big Thief is on Saddle Creek and they're huge and like really great music and you know they're constantly getting like new bands and it all started out with like a few friends just making music together so I think you sort of see that through a lot of the Saddle Creek bands and like in a lot of Connor's music it's just like yeah I'm just making wonderful beautiful music because I want to and it was just like their thing so I think it's really cool how it has become what it is today like I'm sure like Connor at 13 wasn't trying to become a millionaire rock star like who could predict that it's like I'm coming for you Bob Dylan yeah exactly (laughs) take this and your harmonica That's my comeback. I don't even know what that is, but whatever. The fact that there's some girl, like, out there like me right now who just loves him as much as I do, it's, like, I don't know. I think that's kind of crazy on any level. Like you said, they're humans. Like, he's a person, and I'm sure he's just, like, a normal, interesting guy. He just has a very special talent for songwriting. Yeah, but I think what's so... What you're so lucky to have experienced is not only did you, like discover this in your 16 year old self and need that at that moment, you know, and get what you needed. But just going back to what we were talking about when we started, it's like not, he grew with you. It's kind of like the Harry Potter books. Yes. I I love Harry Potter too. So if I can bring this up, (laughs) you know, it's, he grew with you and you also grew with him. And at the, at the time when he was, you know, making that change, you were also ready for a change and you were ready for that next step and you stayed with him and you went through his, you went through that, you know, those changes and his story and his music and whatever, just like the Harry Potter books started, you know, you started at age 11 or whatever. Yeah. And you grow with the books, you grew with his music. And I, and I don't think that's weird. I think you're very lucky that you have found a musician that you were able to grow with. I think a lot of people, and I'm going to throw myself in this mix, have been, you know, like I'll get stuck in a band that they were what they were in 2007, and I still like that, and I still Mm -hmm. wish that's what they were. And then when I hear them now, like, yeah, I still like it, but I don't connect with it as much. Mm -hmm. You You have a very, 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 very rare gift with this specific musician where you not only 
liked him from the gate, but you grew with him and liked him at every stage because at that stage you were also there. Yeah. And that, and, and you're, you, you, you're talking about like, oh, like crazy fangirl or whatever. I don't think that's it. I think it's just, you're one of the lucky ones that got to experience that from the gate till now. And I hope that he, you know, he, I would hope that he would like to know that somebody experienced that with him. Yeah. You know? That's very well put. That's, that's actually exactly how I see it. And when he releases new music, I actually feel like I'm sort of like maturing along with him. And I think everything has growing pains. Like when I found out Bright Eyes was breaking up, like, of course I was like, oh no, like I'm so sad. Like I love Bright Eyes and I didn't want it to end. And then when it did and I accepted it and then I listened to the solo music and just accepted it for what it was, it was beautiful and it was much more on par with who I am today. So it was, you know, you don't want something you love to come to an end but at the same time it's really cool and I'm very thankful that he's continuing to make music because it does continue to grow and mature as I do and kind of relate to me in the same way that it used to so you know I'm in terms of like teenage girls today they're I am so far from what they are experiencing because I've just become a different person that if he was still making the same music from when I was 16, I probably would not have the same like love that I do for the music because it wouldn't relate to me anymore. It would relate to someone else. And it's really cool that this particular artist has been sort of developing music on like the same timeline as I like grow. Like it'll be cool. Like one day I'll be 50 and like, like let's hear what Connor has to say. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. Like you never know. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's how I feel like you're one of the lucky ones. Be a crazy, yeah. call out a crazy fangirl, be a crazy fangirl. Who gives a shit? Yeah. You're one of the lucky ones. That has I, I been able to carry that person, that band, his other band, his ex project, the people in that with you from your 16 year old self to your beyond 16 year old yes. self. We're not going to put an age on anything. The beyond 16 year old self. The mature lady self. Because yes. <laughs> we are all ladies sitting at this yes. table. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it really aged us like a lot. Like if you were to self describe no. yourself as a mature lady, but. whatever I'll tell you about. Thirty four, proud of it, earned it, yeah. all those years. Yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck. Right. I'm forty four. Fuck, forty four. No, we're not forty four. We're not forty four. <laughs> we tend to quote movies. Just forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. And Kuno was like he asked what he asked him what time it was, and he's yeah, like I don't have like, a watch, or he doesn't. Like, He's like, oh, time when I moved to the island, I stopped wearing a watch. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I have a phone. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, how old are you? Well, I guess I'd be 44? <laughs> Fuck. And that's, uh, I think that's properly quoting the movie. Maybe I think wrong, so. I actually recently rewatched it on an airplane. Such a good movie. It is so good. I don't know if I have much more story in it. There's no story. Like, I hate that I don't know more about the actual events of that evening, like the concert itself. But, I mean, if I could, like, go back and go to the show all over again, it would be really cool. Like, there are, like, times in your life where you're like, I really wish that I could re-experience this one thing. Yeah. That would be one of, like, the key moments of my entire life. Like, if I could be back at that concert and even just, like, observe myself 
It would be really interesting because I don't remember the details. I do remember that I fell in love with live music. So it'd be cool to kind of be able to re-see yourself in like one of those moments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember a lot of details, which like stinks. I'm, my memory is like not the best, but so but the it's max. also sometimes when you're actually there at the show, there are certain details that you're not going to pick up on because you're too in, you're too engrossed in the experience itself that the details kind of fall to the wayside and it's more yeah. about how you feel. And I feel like that's, <laughs> and I feel like you <laughs> use that word a lot, but I, but I think that that's like, that's why you keep going back. I think so too. You know, like when like your friends get married or something and they are like, oh, you're not going to like remember the day. It's like a big blur. Like it's very exciting day. That's kind of how I feel about that concert. Like, I don't know. I was there. Things happened. It was amazing. I don't really know what happened, but it was wonderful. Oh my God. Weddings. Joe's brother, (laughs) Ed, at his wedding a couple years ago, he like during the, the cake cutting, they played first day of my life. Oh, I I was like, this is what this song is for. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I will say, whoever marries me, if if and when, um, there will be like a lot of bright eyes songs like that must be played. Like, sorry. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Thank you for coming out here and doing this. Yeah, this was fun. Sorry, I've been so nervous. (laughs) No, it's fine. I mean, you didn't know. I mean, we're nervous about things that we don't understand. Should be given to everyone. It is. Yes, this is this is essential. The bread keeps you centered. Yes. And so does the goats. Yeah. Exactly. Bread and goats. Yeah, bread All and right. goats. Wait, hold on. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna we're gonna photograph this. <laughs> okay. No, wait, can we see it? There we go. No, it's okay. No, it's wait, upside, down. upside down. Like, whatever. Oh no, I was just saying I, I, the microphone was in the way. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Okay. Bread and goats. Yep, bread and goats. Brett goats and Connor. Yeah. What a great day. Yeah. That is a good day. (laughs) Yes. I think this has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tales from the Pit. You can find bonus content on our website, talesfromthepitpod.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Tales from the Pit Pod. And if you have a story you want to share, drop us a line at talesfromthepitpod at gmail.com. Yeah!